Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You worked all week. Work, 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 work. You didn't have time to look at your fantasy lineups. Son of a But don't be afraid. That's why we give you Weekend Fantasy Update. And welcome back to our number two. Of weekend fantasy update on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Joe Galina, George Kurtz, and Sean Angle, the Fantasy Prince, producing our show, keeping us flying straight. Great uh, appearance by Bob Lung, talking about uh, fantasy football and consistency. Uh, got a lot more for you in the next couple hours. Uh, lots of fantasy football. We've got to uh, focus also on some fantasy baseball. Lots of news to report there. And uh, just want to remind you, speaking of uh, fantasy baseball, we're, we're giving away more World Series tickets on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. This time, it's to the winner of free DFS baseball contests. The contests are sponsored by DKMS, who are looking for your help in the fight against blood cancer. For many patients, a bone marrow transplant is the best chance for survival. While 30% of patients can find a matching donor in their families... 70%, that's nearly 14,000 each year, must rely on a benevolent stranger to step up and donate. You can find out how you can help the cause and win 2018 World Series tickets by playing free fant- uh, from, sorry, by playing free daily fantasy baseball uh, by going to dailyroto.com slash DKMS. That's dailyroto.com slash DKMS. It's your ticket to the World Series and someone's ticket to life. So, uh, George, that was a great spot by uh, Bob. I-, I love that concept of consistency in fantasy football because yeah, I-, I think Fantrax started doing a, a Roto-style uh, fantasy football league, if I'm not mistaken. But other than that, you know, like 95 98% of leagues are uh, head-to-head leagues. So, you know, when you look at, like I said earlier, when you're looking at end-of-season fantasy uh, football points scored, that doesn't tell you the story. Yeah, I mean, uh, like I said, it, it, it fits for somebody like me because I'm looking for uh, guys who, I guess you want to call consistent, to do the same thing year after year after year. That's why I like to build my team. This way I know what I'm getting here. I'll know where my weaknesses are as, the, uh, as it goes along. Uh, so I, I, it's a useful guide for me. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. one, there's so many useful tools when it comes to fantasy. Sure. Uh, sure. And this is it's certainly one of them, ADPs, mock mm-hmm. drafts. Uh, it's just it's something I enjoy. It, it also gives you an idea because now in a head-to-head league, the last thing you want is somebody who gets 29 points one week, 11, 11, mm-hmm. 13, mm-hmm. you know, 32, right. 6, 9. It sound, <laughs> at the end of the year, yeah, they got their points. But mm-hmm. as uh, the guy will point out to you, if you know, 30% of the time they're not a top 10 player or not a, oh, a one at their position that week, it's not really helping you. And that's what the guy's right. telling you. 
You know, mm-hmm. what, where he is, like I said, they asked, the, the year, the week he had 32 and 29, he may have been number one at that position. That's great. You probably won the week. But what about the other six weeks? You know, where he was, you know, not even top 10 for a quarterback. You know, where he was top 20. That may have lost you the weeks. So therefore, you're two mm-hmm. and six. You know, doesn't doesn't really add up there. That's where the guide comes in handy. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, with your conservative style of drafting, uh, and uh, I, I don't blame you. I mean, you, you want to make sure that you're uh, p- you're rostering players that you know pretty much know what you're going to be getting out of them. I mean, uh, uh, do you tend to shy away from rookies uh, when you, when you're drafting? I mean, uh, you know. What's what's old is is new again. Sometimes, right? I mean, look, look. Uh, Charlie's Angels is getting rebooted. Uh, uh, the Frazier, you remember oh, Frazier? God, Frazier, Frazier might be coming back. So, I mean, uh, do you avoid uh, ro- drafting rookies because of your concern? Well, I, I never, uh, I ne- never watched Frazier, so uh, don't have to worry about that. I did hear Charlie's Angels being rebooted again. Uh, <laughs> I mean, come on. We've had how many movies now? We had a television show, too. I mean, yeah, can yeah. we have some new ideas? Anybody, anybody, a new idea. Anyone, please. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, really kind of sickening uh, from my point of view there. Uh, <laughs> so I, I, I'd like new things. As for rookies, I think it comes down to what, uh, the situation they're in, what, what you feel about them. Uh, I can mm-hmm. tell you, you know, the live drafts I've done, and by live, I mean leagues that are going to count this year, I mm-hmm. seem to have Darius guys in a lot of these teams. You know, so mm-hmm. it's obviously he's somebody I do believe in. I don't believe in Penny as much. I don't believe in Michelle as much. It has nothing to do with the mm-hmm. talent. It's more the, the team around them. I think Michelle's a very good running back, but I think for what we want in fantasy, he's on the wrong team. You know, Bill Belichick may not use him the way we want him to be used, or Josh McDaniel mm-hmm. for that matter. They're going to use mm-hmm. the player that gives them the best chance to win. So that's right. my issue there as far as that. So I can't, uh, yeah, I probably won't have him on too many teams, if any. You know, uh, I do like Ronald Jones with Tampa Bay, but I liked him a whole lot more before Winston got suspended. I wonder if that whole Buccaneers season is going to go down with tubes now because of the suspension. I think they're going to start off 0-3, and and it goes straight downhill after that. You know, so that's a concern for me. And that's just the way it is. I like Freeman in Denver. I think if if he wins that jump, he could have a nice season. But Devontae Booker's still there. I mean, not want to yeah, roll with ice on the that. But the Booker, I mean, he, he hasn't done anything in years. We're waiting for him to do something. So I'm with you on Freeman. Freeman hasn't done anything. <laughs> At all. Yeah, you're right. But So uh, it's, it's, yeah. it's going to be tough for me just to assume that all of a sudden these guys are going to hit it off. Hmm. Uh, you mentioned Jones, the uh, rookie running back out of Tampa Bay. I mean, we're getting lots of reports out of training camps, uh, you know, Suppose he was dropping balls, you know, that were thrown to him. Then he's known that he isn't known as a great pass catcher. So just keep that in the back of your mind that, uh, you know, with that whole Bucks situation, you still have uh, Charles Sims in the background who's going to be catching passes. So that's going to be an interesting backfield to, to monitor, uh, George, don't you think? That's probably one of my bigger concerns. I'm not worried about Jones dropping balls. Uh, that's not what he's there for. But they have a lot of backs there. You know, and uh, I think that's my bigger concern there is that. Peyton Barber, Yaquiz yeah, right, Rogers, Barber, Jaquiz Rogers, mm. Charles Sims. I mean, that's a problem. Mm. It's a problem. I don't like teams. I can deal with, Joe, I can deal with teams that have a, a secondary back. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't mind, uh, you know, Tevin Coleman with Atlanta, Duke Johnson, Gio Bernard, Chris Thompson. I understand uh, what their mm-hmm. role is. But these teams that have three and four backs, those are the ones that concern me. Mm-hmm. You know, those are the ones that I have issues with because now i got to worry Detroit. about. Yeah, Detroit is like the, uh, the poster <laughs> child for this. Yeah. So is New England, by the way. Tampa Bay is up mm-hmm, there. Mm-hmm, they have mm-hmm. too many backs. You know, what's mm-hmm. their role? I mean, 
I think you think Tennessee. Okay, yeah. You got Deion Lewis and Derrick Henry. But you know, for the most part, Henry's the first and second down guy and the short yardage guy, which means he'll be the uh, touchdown guy. Deion Lewis is going to catch some balls. You know, I, can, I, I know that. So I know where to draft them. You know, I know. I think that's not to say that's all they will do. Lewis, of course, will get some carries as well. But their main roles is what we just described there. When you go to a team like Detroit, I mean, you got Riddick there who can catch balls. Uh, okay, great. Is the uh, Garrett Blunt going to be a short yardage guy, or is he just a backup? You know, it's just a, you know, it's, it's too much. Too much for me to figure mm-hmm. out there. It's, it's chance. I mean, now the value has to be worth it. And even if the value's there, if no Detroit running back is taken until round seven, I still don't know which one to take. Mm-hmm. Because if Blunt is the touchdown guy, then it sort of hurts everybody else. You know, it hurts the rushing yardage guy. It hurts the, uh, the PPR guy. You know, and Abdul is sort of the backup to everybody. It's, it's just a mess and not something I want to deal with. Running back is hard enough as it is without having to worry about players that don't have a defined role. Right, right. I agree with you. Um, and I, since we're talking running backs, uh, I was going to talk about some of these pass-catching running backs. Because, uh, look, you've said this in the past before, and I agree with you. PPR, some type of PPR format is the new standard, whether it's uh, full point, half point, or whatnot. But, I mean, we know the obvious ones in terms of, uh, you know, Le'Veon Bells, the David Johnson uh, from the Cardinals, and, and Todd Gurley even uh, – you know, last year emerged. They finally, the Rams uh, finally took advantage of his pass catching abilities. But uh, let's talk about some of these pass catching backs, uh, if uh, if you will. Uh, what about uh, and and Bob uh, Lung mentioned uh, Christian McCaffrey. So you got uh, Christian McCaffrey, who had 113 targets last season, 80 receptions. Uh, he's obviously on the Panthers. And so they brought in C.J. Anderson in there. Uh, do you think that McCaffrey could come close to those numbers again? The, you know, I mean, that's that, a that phenomenal PPR season for him last year. Well, that's what he is. Mm-hmm. He, that, that's really where his value lies. The problem with McCaffrey is this. They bring in C.J. Anderson, who's really a better Jonathan Stewart. So he's going to be the guy running between the tackles. He's going to be the guy running in the touchdowns. And any touchdowns he doesn't run in, Cam Newton probably is probably running him in. You know, mm-hmm. So McCaffrey, as valuable as he is catching those passes, how many touchdowns is he getting? He's not going to get the one-yard plunge, the two-yard plunge. He's going to get the 12-yard touchdown reception. Mm-hmm. You know, so you need those. And how, how many do we see him getting? Six? You know, upsides eight? You know, CJ Anderson going to easily have that as well. You know, so that's the problem. And you've you got to spend considerably more draft capital to draft McCaffrey. Once again, mm-hmm. talking to PPR, uh, some kind of PPR league, McCaffrey is going as a low-end running back one, high-end running back two. Because mm-hmm. you've got to take him second round. You know, third round at the very latest. You know, C.J. Anderson, you can get as a running back two, maybe even a running back three going five, six rounds later. You yes. know, in my Good mind, value. that's more yeah. value there. Yeah, I'd mm-hmm. rather have C.J. Anderson in round eight, round nine, the McCaffrey in round two, round three. Right. Uh, you talked about uh, the situation with the Patriots that you like uh, Sonny Michel, uh, but, you know, you're kind of avoiding him. And I don't blame you because we've talked about this uh, very often, how uh, New England Patriots running backs pretty much should be avoided in fantasy. My personal favorite out of the group is, is Burkhead, Rex Burkhead. But, uh, you know, I mean – I'm even down to myself because, you know, he had five touchdowns in limited play last year, and touchdowns are pretty difficult to predict. But uh, what about James White since we're talking about pass-catching backs? Over the past three years, he's averaged 52 receptions. Uh, do you think in PPR, based on where you're getting him uh, on draft day, you think he's worth it? 
I got, I got him in one league in that uh, the Vegas league though with Rotowire. I got him in round probably around thirteen. It was mm-hmm. I think it was my I think it was my last pick before kickers and defense. So I got him very I think late. That's good value. And the value was there. Right, yeah, the value is there. He slipped. Mm-hmm. He's someone who slipped. You know, so mm-hmm. I took him. Ordinarily, well, he's the Joe. He's forgotten man this year, right? There in, the, in that backfield. You forget that he's there. Ordinarily, I don't want a New England running back. Yeah. I, I'm not playing the Bill Belichick guessing game. I'm just not mm-hmm. doing it. Uh, I, I've said this many times. It's uh, something I really uh, abide by. Bill mm-hmm. Belichick and Josh McDaniels, for that matter, they don't care mm-hmm. about personal stats. They don't care about making their players happy. They care right. about winning football games, and that's all they care about, winning mm-hmm. football games. So if this is a uh, Sonny Michelle week, fine. He's going to get the touches. If, if Maybe it's a Rex Burkhead week. Maybe it's a James White week. That's all they care about, and that's probably all they should care about. It's great for the Patriots, not so good for fantasy owners because you're going to have some weeks where you believe that it's, it's oh, this is a Michelle week. Everything's lined up for him, but no, they didn't use him. You know, he only got six touches that week. Uh, I've been burned by Belichick too many times in the past that I'm just not playing. Even if I'm wrong, I'd rather be wrong, you know, where I didn't start uh, Michelle and he had a great thing than be right where I did start him and he, he bombed. I'm just, I'm just not taking the chances there. I don't see, I don't see mm-hmm. the point. That's the bottom line. I just don't see the point in doing it. Uh, late, fine. Where I have nothing, nothing to lose here. Like when I got James White, he slipped. Value is there, fine. But uh, any, to where I don't want to say waste to spend any kind of strong draft capital. No, I'm not doing it. What about uh, we talked about the uh, backfield in uh, Detroit with so many uh, you know running backs there. You know, yeah. According to Fantasy Pros, James White that we just talked about, uh, ADP is 55 uh, regarding uh, in, in comparison to other running backs. Then you have uh, Theoretic at 51. They rank him as 51st. Um, who would you rather have on your team? I mean, we don't know what the roles are here because LeGarrette Blunt really screws this up. You know, if he wasn't yeah. there, okay, then you, then you know. Theo Riddick's going to be a pass-catching guy. Carryon Johnson will be your uh, first and second down guy. And you're set. Mm-hmm. You know you, you know how to work it from there. But they didn't mm-hmm. do that. They bring in LeGarrette Blunt. Does that mean, yes, Riddick is first and second down. Uh, I'm sorry, Riddick is the pass-catching guy. Carryon Johnson is the first and second down. And Blunt the short yardage? That kills all their value. Right, because now you, you can't even get on Johnson being the touchdown guy. You know, that could lead him to having, I don't know, 800 yards rushing, three touchdowns. You know, where right. Riddick catches 50 passes for, you know, 450 yards. And Blunt, you know, 250 yards, but he gets 10 touchdowns. Mm-hmm. You know, it really, it, it destroys it. So, Blunt being there just leads me to say, guess what? Passing. Pass. Next. Right. Moving on here. You know, because uh, once again... People are going to like on Johnson, rookie running back. They, you know, Detroit's finally going to run the ball. Good for them. Yay, yay, yay. But you don't know which one to get. And it's another mm-hmm. situation where, I, you know, this, this is a Kerry John Johnson week. Next week is a blunt week. And then Riddick goes there. Um, no, no thank you. Mm. Chris Thompson for the Redskins, uh, before he got hurt last year, uh, you know, he was pretty much on fire. I mean, uh, do you think that he's going to continue to have that same type of role, that pass-catching role, that dynamic role that he had last season? I know you, I know you said you love uh, Darius Geis, but uh, uh, Thompson's got to squeak out a role out of this backfield as well, no? I would assume, assuming the leg's healthy and he's back to normal, that he's the uh, similar, similar, same offense, right? Same, mm-hmm. uh, same coordinator, same uh, coach, right? You assume they're going to use him the same way. So, yeah, I like mm-hmm. Thompson. And... Uh, I mean, granted, if I uh, I do have guys in a few, uh, I mean, every league I'm in right now, that's live. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I wouldn't take Thompson then. I don't like having two running backs on the same team because it really hurts you during mm-hmm. bye weeks. 
You know, uh, oh, absolutely. You know, yeah. for Thompson, you know, I may have Tevin Coleman ranked uh, similarly or Giovanni Bernard. I would take the other player then, Duke Johnson, mm-hmm. just because I, you know, a little differentiate. But overall, if I didn't have Geis, I'd have no problem with Thompson. I think his role yeah. will be similar. I don't know if he's going to be the same dynamic player he was he was last year. He was having a fantastic season before the injury. Yes. But that being fire, said, yeah. mm-hmm. I don't think he'll be that far away from it either. So I'm not shying away from him. Just don't want him. You know, and guys on the same team with Giovanni Bernard and Joe Mixon on the same from the same team. The only guys who are in that ilk that I wouldn't mind on the same team are Coleman and Freeman because I don't think Freeman yeah. can play 16 games. And they seem to coexist. They seem to, in the past, have had uh, their own fantasy value. So, uh, yeah. When we come back, we'll continue talking about uh, some pass-catching running backs, get you caught up on uh, more training camp news. We've got some fantasy baseball talk on the horizon as well. Listen to Weekend Fantasy Update on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Fantasy Update on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. And if you enjoy playing daily fantasy sports but are sick of dealing with professionals using algorithms to select hundreds of lineups and entries, try the Props Builder tool at mybookie.ag. Forget having to create multiple lineups. Ditch the hassle of dealing with late scratches and avoid experts winning 90% of the money. Invest in the players that you want without salary caps. And if you sign up for a new account using the promo code FNTSY, you can elect an option to receive a 50% deposit bonus with a rollover requirement. No more dealing with late lineup scratches. No experts to compete against. Just you and the prop that you choose. Go to mybookie.ag, enter promo code FNTSY upon sign-up, and choose your matchups using the Props Builder tool. That's mybookie.ag, promo code FNTSY. And, uh, uh, George, uh, we were talking uh, pass-catching running backs in fantasy football and uh you know one guy that i don't know i just feel he's being severely disrespected i'll, I'll get your opinion on him is uh, carlos hyde he, you know i mean last year uh was with the the 49ers now with the browns of course he uh on average according to fantasy pros he's being drafted in the eighth round but in in real life drafts that i've been involved with and mock drafts that i've been involved with he's gone even later than that, and uh, rookie running back uh, Nick Chubb uh, seems to be uh, going ahead of him in, in a lot of drafts. And, uh, of course, when you talk pass-catching backs uh, within the Browns' backfield, you got Duke Johnson, and I think he 
caught like 74 passes last year and he's still on the team. Um, but, uh, you know, Carlos Hyde, you know, uh, with the uh, 49ers last year, caught a little over 50 passes uh, last season. So he's uh, has some uh, pass catching ability as well. What do you, what do you think about Carlos Hyde? Uh, by the way, 88 targets, 59 catches for the uh, Giants at uh, the Giants for the 49ers last season. Well, last season doesn't really mean all that much here. Unfortunately for Hyde uh, and our Hyde owners, is mm-hmm. that they drafted Nick Chubb. Mm. I mean, they draft. They, what are you going to do? He he's the same kind of back that Hyde is. You know, I, I think uh, either way, Hyde is one and done with Cleveland. He won't be there next year. I think if they knew they were going to draft Chubb, they wouldn't have signed Hyde. Would have made much sense here. You throw in Duke Johnson. You know, they just signed to a four-year contract extension. Let you know all you need to know about how much they like him. So you know he's the pass-catching back there. So even if, even if Hyde starts the season as the running back, when does Chubb take over? Is it a split? You know, is it that, the hot guy here? You know, mm. All this is telling you why it's going to be hard to draft. Carlos yeah. Hyde and rely on him at any, way, right. at any place other than value. If the value's there... I said round eight sounds about right. I can understand him going later, too, because I wouldn't want him either, because I, I don't think any of us knows what's going to go on there. We expect yeah. the Cleveland running back situation to be better, the Cleveland offense to be better. You know, regardless of what we think was going on with Josh Gordon there, it would still be a better offense. They have better players. They have better personnel there. But, I mean, it could easily be hides the backup to Chubb, you know, from week mm. four on. You know, right. and that, that's a problem here. So I'm not putting, once again, another Hyde is another player. I'm not putting any draft capital in. Yeah, and I agree with you. I mean, uh, Hyde's 59 catches for the 49ers, you know, you can't use that as a predictor. Obviously, he's with a new team. But we could try to predict a little bit of uh, what's going to happen with uh, Jarek McKinnon, who's now the 49ers' uh, number one running back. Uh, with the Vikings, I mean, he's shown the ability to uh, McKinnon has to catch uh, balls out of the backfield with the Vikings last season, 68 targets, 51 catches. But uh, he moves on to a team where he's going to be expected to be the number one guy and not just being uh, the uh, pass catching back. But uh, the 49ers with uh, Kyle Sh- Shanahan have shown that they do like to throw to their uh, running backs. Uh, so what are you expecting out of Jarek McKinnon? Like early in the preseason, he was the hot name. Right, it seems to have cooled off a little bit. But uh, are you in on uh, Jarek McKinnon? He has cooled off a little bit. Uh, and everybody thinks uh, let's say he's going from Minnesota, going to San Fran, going to Shanahan, quarter uh, running back guru there. Everything's going to work out great. I don't know if I ever truly believe that. You know, mm-hmm. I think he is a running back too, which is where he should be drafted. Some people have him going much higher. That he's going to be a top ten running back. I don't know if I could see that. You know, uh, I mean, Garoppolo. You know, yes, he went undefeated last year in the starts, but his overall numbers weren't all that great here. This, this offense is not the second coming of the old San Fran mm-hmm. offense with, you know, Roger Craig, Montana, and or Steve Young, Jerry Rice, uh, Taylor. It's not quite that. Do I think McKinnon could be a useful player? Sure. But he, had, he also had plenty of chances in Minnesota to show something. Eh, he really was pedestrian for the most part here. So, mm-hmm. once again, do I mind grabbing the player? Not at all. But I'm not taking him in the – certainly not the first round, not the second round. You know, he's mm-hmm. a running back two for me. If he's there at the end of round three, round four, sure, I'll take a look. If not, mm-hmm. you know, there'll be other guys who are just like him at that range that I'm okay with. But I just think in most drafts, you're going to find someone who believes that, you know, because with Shanahan, because of all the hype with San Fran, that he's going to be great. I don't think he's going to be great. I think he'll be your normal average running back two for most teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned other running backs that will be there. 
maybe uh, Lamar Miller? Or you think he's there uh, later? I mean, what do you think about Miller this year in terms of uh, his uh, fantasy production? Uh, you know, of course, he has uh, Deonta Foreman, uh, you know, lingering there or uh, right behind them, but we're not even sure that uh, Foreman's going to be ready for the start of the season. But, uh, you know, Miller is an interesting fantasy option based on where you could get him. Uh, I think he's like a fifth or sixth round pick in a a 12-team league. I want nothing to do with Lamar Miller. I mean, (laughs) that's the bottom line. I I think he loses that job. He wasn't very good Mm -hmm. last year. I understand last year they had injury problems, or maybe that was a part of it here. But he was very uninspiring. I think he's a running back who's really running out of shelf life here. So mm-hmm. if you're uh, if Donald Foreman was healthy now, I wonder if this would be almost a uh, training camp battle for a starting job here. But he's not. So he's in that same range with me of somebody's rookie backs that we talked about: Penny, uh, Sony Michelle, uh, uh, probably a lot of the pass catching backs, Johnson. Mm-hmm. Thompson, Giovanni Bernard, right in that range there. Uh, there is some value because he could be the starter for Houston, a, Houston, a team that we expect to be very good, a team that could be pass-happy, teams not paying much attention to it. But I see very little upside here unless he gets uh, you know, eight to ten minimum touchdowns, and I don't know if I see that company coming. And like I said, it wouldn't shock me at all if Donald Foreman takes that job. This is a situation, Joe, one of the few, that if I draft Miller, I'm going to want Foreman later. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you, you mentioned Giovanni Bernard. Would you rather have him over Lamar Miller? Hmm. Would I want to have Giovanni? I mean, I like Giovanni Bernard was very good late last season. People, mm-hmm. people don't realize how good he was. Uh, would I rather have him over Lamar Miller? Probably not. Probably not because he's not going to be a touchdown guy there. Miller should be that guy there. So I think I would go with Miller here. But I have Miller as a, uh, a running back three. I have Giovanni Bernard as a running back four. So, mm-hmm. and uh, even even that though, I'm, it lets you know how much I'm. I don't trust Miller because I, I I automatically dislike it when I have to say, well, if I draft Miller, I have to take Foreman. I hate doing that, you know, because I don't like taking handcuffs that aren't going to help me other weeks. And he's not, and Foreman may not help you until Miller loses that job. So I hate eating mm-hmm. up one of my bench spots for that. Uh, I just don't. I don't trust Miller very much. But I think uh, as far as Cincinnati is concerned, they're going to try to get Mixon much more involved. All right. And uh, why don't we finish up talking about some uh, pass-catching running backs, uh, talk about uh, a little Tariq Cohen and the Chicago Bears backfield. Uh, you know, of course, Jordan Howard, the uh, number one guy there. And uh, everyone was getting excited because day one or two of the Bears training camp, you know, Jordan Howard was catching passes and you know i mean he, he has a uh, reputation as not being a very good pass catcher dropping some balls but uh do you think that uh, Tariq cohen is going to have an expanded role in this offense i mean you got to think so no he was pretty valuable last season they had him running pass patterns i mean legitimate pass patterns i mean he's running the ball deep into the secondary here uh but that mm-hmm. may have been more because well he may have been their best receiver last year They've sort of right. fixed the team this year. You got Burton, you got Robinson. I love what I love what the Bears have done. I think Howard has a rebound year this year, so that also could <laughs> could affect Cohen. That being said, I have him as a running back three. He's in the mix with everybody else. He may be better than everybody else. I have ahead of Bernard. Yeah, I have him right there with Chris Thompson. That's how I uh, where I view uh, Cohen. So I think obviously I think he's valuable, absolutely, mm-hmm. because I think uh, they they will use. Him. They're not going to forget about him. Uh, but I well, last year he was like may, maybe the maybe may. Yeah, let's try and speak English. 
He might have been the only weapon there for a while mm-hmm. last year. That's not the mm-hmm. case this year. They have other weapons. You know, I mentioned Burton Robinson. I think Howard definitely rebounds uh, this year. So I like him, but within reason. I don't think he's going to have a smash. You know, oh, my God, he's the next best coming. Uh, I don't know if I, was, if I even see an expanded role as far as more touches. I don't know if it's possible because of who they added. You know, mm-hmm. Howard's got to get his carries. Burton's going to get his targets. So is Allen Robinson. You know, is sure. there enough there to go around? You know, how good is this Bears defense? Is it good enough where they're going to get the ball to the Bears offense more often than they have in the past? Mm-hmm. I think maybe. Yeah, but we don't know that yet. So I liked uh, Tariq Cohen, but within reason. All right. So uh, let's uh, switch gears. We'll continue talking uh, some fantasy football for you, but let's take a look at some of uh, uh, news that's been coming out of camps. Uh, you know, I mean, you take it for what it's worth, but uh, supposedly Andrew Luck looking crisp, uh, according to head coach Frank Reich, uh, connecting with uh, Ryan Gant. So uh, looks like, you know, no restrictions for Andrew Luck, and he's going to be ready to start the season. Uh, they've improved that offensive line a little bit, right? Quentin Nelson, uh, their uh, number one pick, uh, guard from uh, Notre Dame. But in terms of the Colts' offense, you know, other than uh, T.Y. Hilton, which his fantasy stock has gone up, especially since uh, Andrew Luck has, has looked good so far. But uh, you think Ryan Gant could have uh, some fantasy appeal? I mean, what are we thinking about this uh, Colts uh, offense for this season? Tough to figure out who the number two guy is going to be there. Well, I mean, you want to take Ryan Grant, Leo, and once again, that lottery pick, 14th round, 13th round, whatever it is, and mud against the wall, see if it sticks. I have no problem with it. Uh, not a guy I'm going to once again waste. <clears throat> I don't want to say waste. Right. That, that's, that's being uh, probably too mean. But not a guy I want to spend my draft capital on. You know, mm-hmm. but let, I don't mind taking anybody really in the round 14 slot. Round 13 is worthy. You know, because right. someone has to break out there. I mean, when you look at it, the running game looks like it's going to be okay. No real true bell cow back there. So they probably got to throw the ball a bunch. Defense is still so so. Your luck should be healthy. I'm not worried about him. Love T.Y. Hilton. So who's, someone else has to break out there. Jack Doyle will get his. Is it Grant? Chester Rogers? You know, Deion Kane, Reese Fountain, James Wright, these other guys they have in there. You, you Grant does Eric make the Ebron. most sense. Uh, I have a tough time thinking they're going to go with two uh, tight end system where he's worth it, but it's possible as well. You know, uh, that Ebron signing was strange to me, but uh, I, I could have understood it if they had a uh, if he was a good blocking tight end. You know, you're going to a two mm-hmm. tight end system, give uh, Luck the uh, max protection. Then I could have understood this. But without that, man, I don't know if I understand this uh, that signing at all. But uh, bottom line is this. Yeah, I think Grant's a worthwhile selection in that uh, let's see what happens category. You take him, doesn't work out, you don't like what you see the first couple of weeks, move on, find somebody else. Right. Uh, some other news that came out of uh, football camps this week. Randall Cobb uh, letting the – uh, beat reporters know that, hey, I, I had uh, ankle surgery six weeks ago, but I feel like I'm at 100%. I mean, we always talk about in the past uh, the Packers having an explosive offense. I mean, they have arguably, you know, the best, uh, you know, or top, you know, two best fantasy quarterbacks around, and Aaron Rodgers, of course, when he's healthy. But uh, uh, any concerns with you with this news about Randall Cobb and uh, just in general with the we'll talk a little bit uh, about this offense going forward. Well, I mean, you think about Randall Cobb, he's a name, but he's a name who hasn't done anything in four years. 
<laughs> right. last year, 66 receptions, 653 yards, four touchdowns. Okay, you want to blame that because Rodgers got hurt and he missed most of the season. Okay, fine. What's your excuse for the year before? We had 60 catches, 610 yards, four touchdown receptions. Mm-hmm. The year before that, better, 79-8-29-6, but hardly lighting the world on fire. I mean, really, hardly lighting the world on fire. Had surgery on his ankle, uh, what, six weeks ago, but it's fine, running well now, so that's not a concern. But are we, are we all of a sudden thinking that he's going to be the next big thing, that he's going to have a great season, that he's going to go back to 2014, where he had 91, 12, 87, and 12? Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Don't maybe, the numbers tell you no. because of where you get him. Yeah, I, know, I agree with you. The numbers tell you no, but maybe just based on, you know, where you're getting him, what rounds you're getting him, maybe that's why he's, uh, you know. Oh, sure, there, there's a time where he'll have value. Mm-hmm. I, absolutely, I, I wouldn't want to take him, but I'm not taking him for the name, which will be a mm-hmm. wide receiver, too. You know, he's a guy I wouldn't mind. I mean, maybe we're thinking, hey, no Jordy Nelson. He has to get more looks. But, you know, it wasn't like Rodgers throws at a guy or was only throwing at Nelson. He's looking for the guy that gets open there. So it's an offense you want to have a piece of. But uh, after Devontae Adams, obviously, and Aaron Rodgers as well. But after Devontae Adams, I mean, who are you trusting there anywhere? I mean, really, anywhere you think Graham? about it. What kind of a role do you think he's going to have? How healthy is he? he has, he's never been that same receiver he was with the Saints. When you get down the field, he's more of a jump ball guy in the end zone. You know, possession guy now. So how healthy is he? I do. I am interested in Jimmy Graham, yes, but you're talking now he's a top top eight tight end. You know, rather than that guy you couldn't wait to get because you – at one time with the Saints, he was just fan, running seam routes. He was just almost unstoppable with him mm-hmm. and Drew Brees. It was, great, it was great to watch that. And I don't know if we're ever going to see that again. So that's my issues there. You look at their receivers. Uh, Devontae Adams I love. You know, lo- love me some Devontae Adams. I'll take him everywhere. Who's stepping up? You know, is it Geronimo Allison? Geronimo, yeah, I mean, okay. Uh, Maybe he's worth a little bit more than that uh, mud on the wall guy because someone's going to take a chance on him thinking he's going to be the new Jordy Nelson or whatever it might be. They're going to move him over as a wide receiver again. (laughs) If they they were going to do that, they would have done it already. He'd be be there in camp. There's no reason not to do it now. I mean, it's when you get reps at the position. Well, the reason is because maybe Aaron Jones is suspended? Two games. Big deal. I, th- I thought this too. I, I, I all season I thought Ty Montgomery would be moved to the outs, uh, back to wide receiver. It makes a lot of sense, but they didn't mm-hmm. do it. I wish they would have because it really. Now you got Montgomery Williams when Jones comes back once again. You got the three-headed monster there. Good luck. Plus you got Aaron Rodgers back, and he, they, they're not going to run the ball anyway. Mm-hmm. So it really hurts all their value. So I did think Montgomery would move back outside, but you know then I'm like, okay, Aaron Jones, oh, two games. You're not going to waste all of training camp not having Montgomery getting reps on the outside as a receiver just because of two games. You're not right. going to do that. Jamal Williams and uh, Devontae Mays could easily handle that role. So it's uh, strange to me that they didn't do that. Maybe I, I guess they truly do like Montgomery as a, better as a running back than they do as a wide receiver. Are you uh, taking a flyer on him depending on what round you can get him or no? Yes, yes, I will take a once again, running back, Pulse, Green Bay, have to. And I do like the fact that he'll catch the ball out of the backfield. Maybe he is the guy there. But I don't think he's going to be the touchdown guy. I think that's going to be Jamal Williams. All right, when we come back, more fantasy sports talk. We'll be talking some fantasy baseball, finish up on fantasy football. Weekend fantasy update on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. 
Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. All right, welcome back to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. Joe Galina along with George Kurtz. John Engman producing our show. And uh, we're talking some fantasy football. We'll be talking uh, fantasy baseball in the next hour. Lots of stuff to talk in terms of uh, baseball. Uh, a lot of trades going down, affecting the closer position, George. So we'll, we'll talk about that in the next hour. Um, I, I was involved in a uh, mock draft put together by the Fighting Chance people. A uh, good group of people. Follow them on Twitter. And I had the uh, it was a a twelve team mock, and we I had the seventh pick overall, and uh, you know th- things happen, and you have to be prepared. It was a mock, but uh, if it was real, I would have handled it differently. And what I'm talking about is that uh, I lost my I had to re uh, enter the draft room. Uh, something went wrong with my uh, internet connection, so I ended up having uh, getting timed out in round three, and I got auto picked. And my auto pick was Aaron Rodgers. We were just talking about the Packers. And, George, you like to take your quarterbacks later, and so do I. But uh, just, it was just interesting to see, you know, in a way I was kind of happy that it happened this way because it was a mock, and, you know, just want to see what your team's going to look like. I mean, it's, it's not a once again, if you want to, uh, that's how I would play it. If that would have happened to me, and by the way, there's, there's two things to come in mind here. One... You know, not a bad idea if you if you can when you do these drafts to be able to uh, you know get a patch cable from your modem to your uh, computer so you don't have to worry about timing out or your internet or your mm-hmm. Wi-Fi went out or whatever it might be. Two is mm-hmm. you may want to put some players in your queue. This right. way you don't have to worry about yeah. that. If it was a so, real uh, draft, I would have had that done. But it was a mock, so but uh, but you're right. So uh, okay, there's little hints out there for people. This way you cover yourself there. Put some players in your queue. This way if you get, you do get timed out. Yeah, they won't kill you too much there. Um, mm-hmm. As I would have done it, even if I didn't go into the draft uh, thinking about taking Rodgers, well, as soon as I did, it would have come down to, mm-hmm. all right, let's see how my team looks like with a quarterback in round yeah. three. I've done that. Yeah. It's a mock. That's the mm-hmm. idea. You know, right. I, I've done mocks where, you know, you take a quarterback early. I don't think I've done that this year. I've done it where I've taken a tight end early. I've taken mm-hmm. Gronk in round two. So to see what my team looks like if I take Gronk in round two. And generally, I haven't minded, you know, as long as I get a running back in round one. That's the key mm-hmm. there. If you, you know, if you if you're going Gronk in round two and you went wide receiver in round one, well then good luck to you because you're you're pretty much going a zero running back strategy then, and that's probably not the way you want things to be. Yeah, like I said, twelve team uh, mock draft, uh, PPR. So uh, my first two picks uh, from the seventh slot were uh, Kareem Hunt and Devonta Freeman. I uh, went running back, running back. Uh, you talked about uh, Devonta Freeman. Uh, and uh, Coleman coexisting, and you're, you're a little worried about Devonta Freeman and his injury uh, potential this season, right? Oh, I'm not a little worried about it. I'm a lot worried about it. You know, <laughs> this comes down to this. He's got a concussion mm-hmm. history. 
generally, the more concussions you get, the more susceptible you are to getting more in the future. That's mm-hmm. one. Two, the more the more you get, you tend to be out longer when you get another one. Three, mm-hmm. running backs leave with their head. I mean, uh, you add all that up, I can't see how he stays healthy. He, uh, I mean, what's the guy got to play an over-under game? Mm-hmm. What's the over-under? How many games Freeman plays? Uh, so that's why I, I love the player. And I love the offense. But trusting him to play 16 games, I think, is a fool's errand, and I won't do it. Hmm. All right. So, like I said, I got uh, auto-picked with uh, Aaron Rodgers in the third round. Uh, and then uh, in the fourth round, I came back and uh, decided I needed some wide receivers. So I uh, ended up taking uh, Golden Tate and in a PPR format. Uh, I think that's a – I mean, he's a obviously someone who's – been very consistent talking consistency Bob Long um, over the years in terms of in PPR formats yeah uh, that is like tough <laughs> you don't like it uh, well you know what Demarius Thomas I'm not, I'm not in love with him you, did you see that in your draft no, I did not. Yeah, see in that. this mock. Sorry, yeah, I did yeah, not. Yeah. I did not study your mock draft. Come on, come on! I want you to know every single every single pick that went through. So, uh, what, who went after him? What receivers went after Tate? Uh, Landry, Allen Robinson, Will Fuller, and right before him, you had uh, Demaryius Thomas and Josh Gordon. And of course, with the news of Josh Gordon this week, uh, Oof. you know, yeah. What we taking Gordon now? So is the Demaryius yeah. Thomas Tate? Um, he was gone. Listen, I don't. Thomas I, is gone. Yeah. No, if I don't Tate, mind Tate. Been... I, mm-hmm. Go ahead. I don't want to sound like I uh, I dislike Tate because I don't dislike Tate. What I dislike is that he's not a touchdown guy. You know that's yes. annoying to me. That's Marvin Jones. You know if you can combine these two receivers into one, you'd have a monster. Tate catches mm-hmm. all the balls. Jones catches the touchdowns. You know they're both yeah. valuable, and uh, I I think I have. I'm not, I might have both in the uh, that Rotowire league. Uh, I, I know mm-hmm. I got at least one. I think I I know I wanted to get the second. Well, I did. Well, I shouldn't say I wanted to. I was in. A pick or two of getting him. I still remember if I got sniped or not on it. So uh, I'm not against these guys at, at all. Don't want to sound like that. But, you know, when I think of Tate, I think of a guy who, not a touchdown guy. You know, Demarius Thomas, you're probably a little bit worried about Case Keenum and what's going on there. I feel, the other receivers you mentioned, though, really, they're not catching my eye either here. So uh, you said jo- Josh Gordon, I'm not touching. I think we, uh, right. we all know that. Jarvis Landry is really Tate again. Same thing. Not not the touchdown guy goes to a new team. We don't know what he's going to be there in Cleveland. You know, but I, now if Josh Gordon I, misses time, do you think that uh, Landry is going to get even more looks? <laughs> but you're right. Well, I mean, it could the, work out that way. Mm-hmm. There's the quarterback situation and, there too. I mean, Tyrod Taylor. I mean, he's probably got what six to eight games, uh, and you know he's not a terrible quarterback. But then you got Baker Mayfield uh, coming in, rookie. You don't know what you're going to get from that's him. the problem. Exactly. And when he does, is that kill the whole wide receiver core? <laughs> I mean, uh, they're all, none, of them, none of them are all that value, all that valuable because the rookie quarterback, they're going to run the ball a lot with the, the three headed monster they have there and Hyde Chubb and uh, flipping it to Duke Johnson. Maybe the other tight end gets more valuable there. A rookie quarterback, generally, they like that big target over the middle. That's your tight end. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. the Joku could have a, a better value there. Uh, I, mean, I would have liked Landry a whole lot more if he had, if he had still put in Miami. You know, we'd be a 90, 90 to 100 guy. You know, reception guy, you can almost bank on it. In Cleveland, mm-hmm. no. I think that takes a, yeah, probably a 15, 20% hit, where now he's a 70 to 75 catch guy. Still valuable, but he's yes. not getting those touchdowns. 
you know, that, that hurts his overall value. He's never been a touchdown guy outside of last year. Now he moves to a new team. Don't know if I can count on those touchdowns. I don't care. Well, I forget which Brown player said they were going to score 40 points a game. Uh, you know, oh, if everything clicks, we'll, we'll score 40 points a game this uh, this year. Yeah, and if I had all six numbers of a lottery, I'm rich and won't be doing this next week. Yeah. Who do you think has uh, comes with more risk attached to them? Because uh, Allen Robinson went right behind uh, Jarvis Landry. Who do you think has more risk? I mean, uh, Robinson's got a second-year quarterback throwing the ball to him, coming off of a year-long injury. I mean, don't get me wrong, a fine wide receiver could grab those balls out of the air. But uh, who, who do you think comes with more risk, Allen Robinson or Jarvis Landry? Boy, I think you can make an argument for both here. I think if you're playing conservative, you want Landry. You know he's going to kill catch his balls at the very least. You know, they're both going to new teams, but Landry's not coming off an injury. You know, uh, Robinson tore the ACL in what, early last year, September. Had plenty of time to rehab, so we can play. But that injury, generally they say, you know, uh, you can play after eight, ten months, but it takes really two years to heal. So I wonder if we won't see the, the, the true Allen Robinson until next year. Plus, you know, mm-hmm. Chicago's not called the Windy City for no reason. You know, second half of the season may be hard to throw the ball there. I mean, really, when was the last time we had a top-notch receiver in uh, Chicago? I mean, really? Yeah, Anyone? I'm trying to think. Yeah. It's, it's tough. <laughs> You know, I, think, yeah. I think Corey Parson and I played this game last week trying to name, and was it Willie Gold? Are we going back to the 80s here? And Willie Gold wasn't top-notch. He could just run. Exactly. He didn't do it long yeah. enough, yeah. Right. So that, and that may not, is that because of the weather or is it because they just haven't had a good receiver? You know, and mm-hmm. I think the answer to your question, I'd rather have Landry unless I'm going for upside. If you're going for upside, you're going for Robinson. I think he is the better player, but you're, you're banking on him having chemistry at the quarterback, you're banking on the weather, and you're banking on him recovering from that ACL where, where he is the player he used to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, so with my fifth-round pick, uh, I picked up uh, Michael Crabtree. And, you know, still the wide receiver one in Baltimore. I mean, you don't have to love uh, Joe Flacco, but let's face it. He's going to lead that team in uh, targets. And, you know, he has a history of being a very serviceable uh, fantasy wide receiver. What are your thoughts on Michael Crabtree this year? I mean, when you look at... Baltimore wide receivers, I mean, other than Crabtree, Willie Sneed, uh, John Brown, Brashad Perriman. I mean, it, you know, Crabtree is, is going to be the number one uh, wide receiver there by far. My first thought is I'm very glad this is a mock draft for you and not a real team <laughs> because <laughs> I think you'd be in trouble. Uh, Crabtree, no. No, not, not a, no. Uh, Joe Flacco, I think he's on borrowed time. I really do think he's, uh, the Ravens don't owe him any more guaranteed money. So they can bench him pretty much whenever they want for Lamar Jackson. Whenever they want. And that probably should come at some point when, when, he's, you know, when there's nothing going on here. I don't think Baltimore's going to be a very good team this year. So I think they're going to move on somewhat They're not going to be a very good team. Maybe they'll be throwing the ball a lot. Maybe Crabtree will get even more targets. Yeah. Okay. Good, good luck with that. Uh, let me know how that works out for you. Uh, I think the bottom is once again, you got a rookie quarterback who needs work. You know, he's more of an athlete than a quarterback right now. That's generally not a good thing. You know, he's going to have some, some stuff to work out. I said, I'm not completely down on Crabtree. I'm not, but I like the player a whole lot more than I like the team he went to here. It's a completely mm-hmm. revamped. You know, wide receiver core, you just went over it. Sneed, uh, Brown, they tried to get uh, uh, Des Bryant, but he wouldn't sign there. Schedule is, you know, iffy to say the least. Buffalo may be a terrible offense, pretty good defense. They play Cincinnati. Denver's going to be rough. You know, I'm just, bottom line, I'm not liking what I'm seeing here. You know, I think, mm-hmm. the, I think he could be an okay wide receiver three, 
That's about where mm-hmm. I'd have him, but I don't see any upside here, not in Baltimore. So the next three wide receivers that went after Crabtree because you just uh, took a crap on my pick, but that's okay. Uh, and remember, it's a PPR league too. So uh, the next three wide receivers uh, that went were Marvin Jones, Pierre Garçon, Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, give me your thoughts on them. I mean, I, I would have taken any of them over Crabtree. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, in a PPR, I mean, uh, maybe thinking now maybe Garçon would be the guy in a PPR. Uh, I, mean, I would have Garcon uh, third out of the the four. So I would have done, okay. um, you said what, Jones, Jeffrey, Garcon, and then uh, Crabtree. I probably mm-hmm. probably would have taken Jones first. But uh, mm-hmm. I could be talking to Jeffrey very easily. Better team. Very good offense. Going to have the ball a lot. The only reason I would have gone Jones is uh, less options. You know, it's mm-hmm. really going to be Jones or Tate catching the ball there. But Philadelphia has a million options, it seems like. A lot of players there. So I, I don't mind uh, Jones there, but I, uh, Jeffrey's right, right there with him. And then it would have been Garcon for the reasons you mentioned. Although one thing we have to remember Gar- <coughs> excuse me, about Garcon is he didn't play with Garoppolo last year. He got hurt mm-hmm. before Garoppolo took over. So once again, there could be some chemistry issues there. But that being said... Garcon generally is pretty good at what he does. He is a player I'd want, and I would I would have taken him over Crabtree. But once again, that's kind of close too. I think there's a separation between the four players. You know, Jones and Jeffrey, then Garcon and Crabtree. Right. Uh, after Jeffrey, uh, Emmanuel Sanders went. He was the next wide receiver. And we don't talk about Emmanuel Sanders a lot. You know, here and there we'll talk about Demarius Thomas. Uh, Broncos have uh, a new quarterback in town. Uh, Case Keenum, um, and uh, Manuel Sanders played uh, hurt last year, but prior to that, he obviously is a wide receiver too on the Broncos team, but put up some serviceable numbers. I mean, you look in 2014, 101 receptions. I mean, that was a special year, right? Uh, 2015, 76 receptions. 2016, 79 receptions. And last year, uh, he played uh, 12 games and had uh, 47 receptions. You think that this could be kind of a, a bounce-back year for him? Uh, he'll be 31 by the end of the season, I believe. Well, you're right. He's not getting any love, right? When we, mm. when, I think it's the first time we, anybody's even talked about Sanders right, uh, right. this season. So is it because of Case I Keenum? Should, uh, we don't trust him? out to him and tell him that I'm thinking of him. You know, I mean, uh, Keenum made uh, use of Thielen and uh, Stefan Diggs last year, so I don't, I'm not all that worried. <laughs> Are we expecting – is it because we expect Denver to play it close to the vest? Win, the, win mm-hmm. with defense and a running game. Let's not put too much on Keenum's shoulders. I wonder if that's mm-hmm. it. You know, Sanders – listen, he's a low-end wide receiver three or wide receiver four with upside. He does have some – not major upside, but he does have some upside. You mentioned age could be a factor. Mm-hmm. And I think the offense is a factor as well here. But that being said, I am interested in him. <laughs> All right. And I, I don't think you're going to like my next pick as well uh, in the sixth round. Uh, I followed up my Michael Crabtree pick with uh, Devin Funches <laughs> from the Panthers. I don't know. Uh, what, what do you have to say about Devin Funches this year? Well, I mean, it's not so much Funches as it is Cam Newton. His accuracy has never been great. Matter of fact, it's generally mm-hmm. terrible. Uh, Funches has a large wingspan, which gives Cam something to throw to where he doesn't have to be perfect, and Funches could still go up and get it. I think he'll be a touchdown guy. You mm-hmm. know, I think that's what his main value is. He's not going to catch 80 balls, maybe 50 to 60 right. passes, and you're hoping, I mean, 6 to 8 sounds about right. And there's always a chance he could be lucky and get double digits there. That's what I'm hoping for. Whether or not I like or dislike the pick always depends on who else is there when you made the, uh, made the selection. So uh, mm-hmm. he's certainly not a guy I'm targeting, but I do have him in my dynasty league. So at one point I liked him. 
Yeah, next few uh, wide receivers, Marquise Goodwin, who, I mean, had a nice year last year, but uh, and then Sammy Watkins, who, I don't know, he's just uh, been so inconsistent throughout his career, you know, started off with the injury concerns, so the, I went with Funches as the wide receiver one in, uh, in, in Carolina. But uh, uh, Sam Donald uh, holding out due to some language in his contract, right, for the Jets. And uh, I, I bring him up because I'll just skip down because we're running towards a commercial. Uh, round 12, I picked up Quincy Inunua. And, uh, you know, Robbie Anderson, I think I'd rather have Robbie Anderson, all things considered, if I knew Robbie Anderson was going to be playing 16 games this year. But uh, I think Quincy Inunua has some uh, sneaky uh, potential this year. Your thoughts? Agreed. I think you and I talked about it a couple of weeks ago uh, on a noon war. Robbie Anderson, yeah, I imagine, they, we already know he's under investigation. So, yeah, I think he's going to mm-hmm. get suspended. I think it's a matter of how long, two games, four games. That would be my guess somewhere within that range. This uh, Sam Donald holdout thing is, is just idiotic. <laughs> I mean, it, all about the offset language. Are you freaking kidding me? So yeah, the player wants to get paid twice, mm-hmm. right? The player wants to get paid twice, and the Jets are worried that they may have to cut him within four years? Really? I mean, both sides are idiotic here. The Jets are worried about their second or what, third overall, whatever the hell he was, that they're going to have to well, cut this guy because he's going to suck. And the, the Sam Donald can't want to be paid twice. You know, the original country, whatever they can get more. I mean, it's just idiotic to me that this is what's holding up this deal and hurting his chance of starting right away. You know, I'll never understand this between team and player. It's just stupid. Getting bad advice, right, from his, uh, his agent, No. You have to think so. First, if you're good enough to play, you're not going to get cut. It's, it's unlikely getting cut in four years anyway. You're a third overall pick here. They want you to play. The longer you hold out, the, you're hurting your chances. You're fighting Josh McCown and Teddy Bridgewater for the starting job. So I said, this makes no sense to me. None that he would hold out here and r- lose valuable, valuable practice time. We'll be back. Hour three, fantasy f- baseball. On the horizon, you're listening to Weekend Fantasy Update.